Good morning, good morning. This is Eshen Brenda Shoshana, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And thank you, first of all, thank you, thank you to the listeners, thank you to the beautiful Footsteps blog, which has recognized our podcast as among the top 75 in the whole world, believe it or not. Um, And to say I'm not happy is wrong. I am happy. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. It's lovely. And I say thank you for that. You know, our, our normal everyday reactions are fine. They're fine. Just, if it wasn't recognized, you keep going anyway. And if somebody says, I don't like it, you keep going anyway. Keep going anyway. That is one of the essential teachings of Zen. Not so easy because so often we base what we do on the reactions of others to it. If someone loves it, we keep going. We check, check, take a poll, check the market, check, check. How many people like me? How many friends do I have? Like that. And that's very normal. It's, it's how we are wired. That's what we do. And that's why we suffer. It's why we suffer so much. This craving to be liked, to be wanted. It's a craving to be valued, to be important. And I'm not saying there is anything wrong in the world with being valued, recognized, wanted. Those are very lovely, uplifting, supportive and probably even necessary experiences in our pathway and our journey through this world. The problem comes when we begin to demand them, insist upon it, refuse to go forward if we're not getting it, because these lovely experiences come and then they go. They're wonderful when they come like a starburst. Boom, we see a little starburst in the sky. But then they also go, and then we don't see a starburst in the sky, or we hear the opposite. We hear the opposite. Praise and blame. Praise and blame. Sosan says, praise and blame away with them all. Dangerous, dangerous. Not dangerous to experience it if you take it in a way that is for the moment. Enjoy it. Take the experience and then let it go. And don't look for it again. Don't wait for it again. Don't depend on it or become attached to it. Don't say, well, I better stop what I'm doing because it's not coming. I'm not getting that award, that recognition, that acceptance. No, 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 no. Just continue anyway. Continue for the sake of what you're doing, not for the sake of the consequences, not for the sake of the response. Now, that's also called mushotoku in Zen, which means to do something for its own sake, for the love of just doing it. Now, you may listen to this and say, well, that sounds very nice. It sounds terrific. But how do we ever get there? How do we get to that place? And truthfully, it is a journey. And in a sense, 
in a sense, it's a journey. For some, perhaps, they just hear it and they get the point and they let go of that incredible attachment to praise and that incredible fear of blame. They just let it go. They see, they see that praise and blame follow one another inevitably like night and day. Very interesting. So when praise comes, take it. Be vitalized by it. Enjoy it. Continue. Take it like a vitamin. <laughs> and, when bra- and when blame comes, take that too. Take it like a vitamin. It's coming to perhaps tear down a bit of that ego. Oh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. The minute you begin to feel that way or to be so attached to that passing identity, you begin to suffer. You begin to suffer. The practice of Zazen is to become real, not holy, necessarily. I mean, some practices say, well, you do this and that, and you become very holy, saint-like. That's very beautiful. I'm not putting anything down. I'm just distinguishing one thing from another. That's a beautiful way to think of it. It's, in my opinion, it could be a dangerous way to think of it because then we strive for some ideal rather than be real. Because from the Zen point of view, everything that lives is holy. Everything that breathes is precious. Everything that appears has great, great value just in and of itself. Nothing necessarily has to be added. We don't have to be always in bliss to be a saint or something like that from the Zen point of view. In fact, we can't always be in bliss because one of the great teachings of Dharma or of Zen or of the world is that we live in the midst of endless, continuous change. Change, change, fluctuation. That is the nature of our experience. Even just the simple fact of growing older year by year, the body changes, the mind changes, on a a phenomenological level anyway, which means the level of our experience here in our body and in this world, there's change. The day is sunny, then it's cloudy. We're happy, then we're sad. So many, many, many fluctuations inevitably taking place. And from this point of view, A lot of our suffering comes from the attachment to wanting only certain experiences and rejecting so many others, not wanting that. Oh my goodness, what happens if I lose this moment? Well, guess what? You will. You won't lose it. That's just a way of thinking about it. But this moment will change. It changes. It's a moment. And then the next moment comes. And then the next moment comes. Wow. It's amazing, really, when you think about it, or when you taste it, or when you experience it. Here we are, living our lives, wanting nothing to change. When the good comes, we want it to be there forever. Or we say, okay, now, I made it, I did it. Somebody gets an award, they get a prize. Okay, they feel so good. My work has been fulfilled. But then the next moment, somebody else starts to blame them. 
You know, I experienced that personally, intimately with my own precious, beloved Zen master who I sat with for 45 years. And now, of course, he's not alive now. And it feels like one, it feels at this moment, like one moment that we were together. And yet, and yet, he's so with me, of course. But all those years and years, now it feels, what happened to those years? Where are they? Of course, they are within me on one level, on another level, change, change, change. And being with him for all of that time, I saw this incredible trajectory that he went through because he was a man of great, great gifts, brilliant, brilliant gifts. And he was human and he had flaws and maybe more flaws than others. Okay. He also gave more to the world than others. But we're not here to judge him, but I just want to to describe that he himself, and I was with him through this, received great, great praise. And he deserved it, an adulation for many years. And then it turned to equally great, deep blame, censorship, everything like that. Wow. And I watched him go through the whole process. And I was with him through the whole process. And I saw firsthand how attachment to pray, and he was, he, he suffered, of course. But I saw firsthand how each moment changes, 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 including him changes, changes, and it cannot be otherwise. So as we're talking about our Zen practice, what do we do here? What is this practice? And it is the practice of being, being that change, just being it, embodying it, occupying it, not clinging to the moment that went before. What an incredible, incredible gift that is. Just being so fully this moment, being it, accepting it, becoming the moment, not, no separation between you and this moment, whatever is here and happening right now. And as my teacher always would very often say during Kenyan, as we were walking in the walking meditation, We'd be doing our walking meditation after zazen, and then more zazen, and then more walking meditation. And he would say, as we walked, this moment will not come again. Or this footstep, this particular footstep will not come again. That always touched me so deeply. It was amazing when he said it with his very deep voice. It was so beautiful, such a reminder. Because, you know, we think everything will go on and on. And it's so interesting because in Zen practice, it's very plain. We do the same thing over and over and over again. We sit, we listen to the bell ring, we get up, we walk in Kenyan or meditation, and then we sit down again. And it looks like, oh my goodness, especially when you've been doing it in one place and with, oh, I, and with a main teacher. I did study with others, but he was my main teacher. I stayed with him all those years. And 
you think, of course, it's going to come forever. This is never going to end. This is never going to end. This cycle of sitting, walking, having tea together, laughing, or maybe being yelled at, or whatever, whatever happened there in training. And then, of course, but he would remind us, this moment will not come again. It's different from the one before it and the one after it. We lump everything together and think it's just a routine. It's boring. It's endless. But no, 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 no. This Zen practice reminds us this moment, this one right now, will not come again. It's a gift. I mean, we don't say in Zen it's a gift. We don't put it that way. I put it that way. Because I have the freedom to, <laughs> as I'm not part of the Zen establishment, I'm like, I'm the Zen hut off to the side, purposefully, because I like that freedom to say it to, in a way that comes from my heart at this moment, at this moment. This moment will not come again. So what is this practice? You know, all these talks really are simply my way to thank my teacher, the Dharma, the Sangha, all the students who I sat with and still sit with, to give back. I love it. I love doing it. I have to do it. I don't even have a choice because it's so beautiful to me to share this incredible, incredible gift that I received. And I'm so grateful. I really am grateful for whoever out there is listening and benefiting in whatever possible way. So Zen practice, it's not about thinking or talking about this moment or analyzing it or comparing it to the next moment. It's about becoming, actually becoming this moment. We don't move, we sit on the cushion, we allow the moment to enter us fully and we enter the moment. No separation. Wow. And when we do that, where can pain be? We may feel pain, but we become the pain too. So the suffering certainly isn't there. You know, that's one of the things the Buddha said. This is an end to suffering. And of course, I always wondered, and we understand that so differently as the years go by. I loved when I heard that, wow, it's possible to end suffering. Because deep down inside, I, I always knew that. I felt that. I, I felt that even before I found Zen practice. It was not necessary to suffer. Pain, of course. Sure, things happen. There's, it's okay to feel pain. Pain is pain. It's just another moment. Suffering is different. Suffering grips us and creates hopelessness, depression, anxiety. It's a whole different level of experience which we don't have to... It's not beneficial. Pain, blame, sure, it happens. Be with it, learn from it, the body learns from it. But suffering... We'll talk more about this in the next podcast, but it's so important when we return to the fundamental, just being here in the moment, becoming the moment, if pain arises, becoming the pain, just becoming it, be with it fully, no 
No objections. And if an objection arises, just become the objection. You see, whatever arises, we know it's just this moment is going to go. The next moment, something else is going to come. What a beautiful dance. What a beautiful dance this becomes. It's the dance of life itself, which is not ever static. It comes and it goes. On the one hand, we don't want it to go. But on the other hand, it's great if something goes because something else can come. And it's exciting and it's interesting. And when you keep this state of mind about it, life is fascinating. It's interesting. It's beautiful. Whatever comes. Because it's not going to stay here forever unless you cling to it in your mind. See, that's what we do. We cling to something in our mind. It's not what's really here, but we're creating it again and again in our mind in order to hold on to something we want to hold on to. And that's where the suffering begins. That's where it starts. So just when we don't hold on to it and demand it stay, when we are willing to let each moment be brand new and different, then we're sitting on the Zen cushion wherever we are and with whomever we are. Looks like it's about time to stop for today. I send you all many, 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 many shows, which is a deep bow and a deep thank you. And I will say that this podcast, if you want to contact me, people write to me. I'm happy to answer. My email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. Um, and the URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday. We have many, many, many episodes. It's been going on for over two years, every week. Um, you might enjoy my book, Zen Play, The Art of Being Fully Alive. People are enjoying it, and I love doing it. It's, it I've, I've written a bunch of books on Zen, but they're just books on Zen. Just focus on the practice. That's the best. But this book is very enjoyable. And thank you very much for listening, very, very much. Um, I'll be back again next week, and I'm preparing a lovely little workshop, which we might do on Zoom, called Acting Zen, Zen Play, where we make our life into a Zen koan, which is what it is, but we, t- we experience our life as a Zen koan and learn how to be with it in that, in that way. Okay, so anyway, thank you for listening today. And, and many, 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 many blessings to all. See you next week.